Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Modal Conversations. I'm your host, Lisa. Today's episode, I'm actually going to be sharing my experiences growing up in Australia um, with um, as an Asian person, so um, with my Asian cultural background. I actually recorded this episode twice before, and then the second time I thought I nailed it, and I was listening back to it, and I had obviously raised a lot of important points and um, you know, shared a lot of things that happened to me. But then I realized I didn't even share any positives of growing up in Australia. And there have been so many. So I've decided to record the episode again because I think it's just fair that um, it's important for me to raise awareness of what it's like for, um, you know, first-gen Aussies like myself with immigrant parents, what it's like to actually grow up here. Um, But at the same time, sort of just really bring to light, like, you know, the best things about, you know, how how lucky I am that I've been able to live here and and you know be born into a place where it's such a big melting pot so I'm gonna obviously go through my experiences and I just want to put a a massive disclaimer that this is my own experience it is definitely going to be different to another person who is in a similar situation as me who's like perhaps first-gen Aussie has immigrant parents um and these are my experiences I'm obviously not going to um share any names probably just gonna really just share a lot of experiences um like not generalize them but really not go too specific on who they are um just because i i just the, the whole point of this podcast is to help my friends and family understand what it was like for me because i've had this conversation with a lot of my girlfriends and most of my girlfriends you know didn't were unaware that this was happening to me or they were just really shocked um i actually shared with um, a group of girls um that i went to university with that i had recorded this episode and um you know we were just kind of discussing about it and you know i was telling them that for a long time that i like tried to deny my cultural background and they really like sort of empathized with me and said like that could have been so that would have been really hard um but growing up now and where i'm at in life i kind of embrace it with open arms you know i'm kind of proud that um i'm not just australian but i'm also asian as well so i'm gonna obviously share my experiences um and then i will share my positive experiences and just like what things you can probably um sort of like not tips on how to overcome these challenges but like basically it's more of an episode to to open the discussion of you know there are a lot of you know young people out there like myself there's probably older people who have gone through this and you know it's just about raising awareness and just sort of shedding the light on these experiences and um helping educate you know, my friends further into what it was really like to grow up here. So, um, I was born in Manly. Um, and my, at the time my parents were living there. Um, that's where my dad had moved to when he first moved over here. So I think the best way to kind of explain where my story starts is how, like I basically, we basically, um, were able to live in Australia. So my dad, um, actually left Vietnam when my brother was born. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's correct. So my brother was just born and uh, my dad wanted us to have a better life. So um, he decided to try and move to Australia. He was at a detention camp in Malaysia. I'm 
pretty sure that's correct as well, um, for about a year before he was sponsored here. Then he spent about five years here trying to save up enough money to sponsor my mum and my older brother. So my older brother was actually uh, born overseas. Um, and back in those times, it was really hard to 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 basically sponsor your family. It was very expensive. It's still exp- it's still expensive now, but it was definitely, um, you know, more challenging for my dad because I think his qualifications that he had when he was in Vietnam, he couldn't use here. So he basically had to try and find a job that would be willing to take a, a man in that hardly spoke English, um, didn't have a lot of, you know, skills that he could use. So um, I believe he worked in um, the warehouse of like a business, I suppose. And he was just like the warehouse guy. Um, and then I was born a few years later. So as soon as my mom and my brother had Um, moved here I was born like just a few years later and we were in Manly for a few years before we moved to like the north north the northern um side of Sydney which is like Ryde and then we eventually just moved back to the northern beaches um but you know when I was born um I was obviously the first gen like first Aussie gen yeah yeah first yeah yeah first first like um gen Aussie and um my I think at the time my brother had already started going to school but because primary school is so different to high school um, I don't think my parents realized like the different cultural differences and also the barriers um, I went to a primary school that was very multicultural so I went to school in the right area there was a lot of different cultural backgrounds and um, obviously being co-ed I was able to like learn how to interact with the opposite sex and different people from different backgrounds it wasn't until high school is when I started to feel very different um I never thought myself as different I suppose when I was in primary school like I definitely got teased and bullied but it wasn't I don't think it was because of my racial background I think um as any kid goes through life or goes through school they're going to get teased and it was just sort of like I suppose like you're a rite of passage when you're a kid um but it was, it was until high school that I felt really different. So my dad at the time, um, didn't want to send me to the local high school. Um, cause at the time, and I'm not really sure if now is still the case, but I actually have a lot of friends that went to the local high school, like the girls high school, like they just had a really bad rep at the time. And, um, my, my dad didn't want to send me there. So instead, um, he sent me to a private girls school in the North shore of Sydney and this area is quite wealthy, I suppose. And yeah, basically like if you basically like would, I kind of lost my train of thought there, but yeah, basically it was a very um, wealthy area of Sydney and it was a Catholic school as well. And um, we were raised as Catholics, but um, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely, I haven't really carried out those practices into adulthood obviously I'm sure my very close friends and family are very aware of that um but my dad thought oh you know it's like a catholic school it's like all girls private school they have to be a lot better than the local girls high school so I was enrolled to that I was the only one from my class at private school that was going there and at the time like I didn't think too much of it I didn't realize that I was being separated from my own friends I didn't feel like um, like anything was like not big changes were going to happen, but little did I know that this was going to change my life and change the way I saw myself. Um, I was, 
I think like at the beginning of year seven, there were a lot of different girls from different backgrounds. Um, but it wasn't until like as I went through high school, so year nine, year ten, this is when things started changing for me because I became like maybe one of four or maybe like less than 10 Asian girls in, in our entire grade. And there were a lot more like Caucasian European girls that were going to the school, um, which is sort of, I'm not surprised, especially like the demographics of where these girls live. So if you live in the Northern Beaches district or the North Shore, there are a lot more Caucasian European um, people than there are like probably more than any other culture. Um, in fact, like I've always, I've always been the only Asian person, in any group setting, um, growing up, even like on the, on our neighborhood, like we were the only Asian family in the street. There was no other Asian people that we lived next door to. It was all like Caucasian people or European people. Um, so that's just the way it's always been with us. Um, and I think the reason why my dad decided to, to raise us there was because, um, he felt that the, um, the, the neighborhood down. So like, I think if you're not aware, um, back in the seventies and eighties, a lot of the Vietnamese and Chinese, um, basically Southeast Asian immigrants that had arrived here by boat were sort of relocated to, you know, um, the Southwest of Sydney and they all reside, like there's a big, big community of Southeast Asian people that live out in the Karamata, Canley Vale, like that, those sort of areas. And my dad actually lived there for a little bit when he arrived, but he found at the time, I think he arrived like maybe just like late eighties, early nineties, when they were having those gang related violences, like that was happening at the time, which resulted in an assassination of like a politician that was running at the time. And he felt that was not the best place to raise a family. So that's why he felt um, he wanted to move back up to the Northern beaches where he had originally settled and he knew people up there as well. So he had his own friends up there. So that's why we have always lived in those areas. Um, but yeah, basically a lot of things had started for me um, where I started questioning myself. So I was actually like teased for my last name, which I don't know why it's such a, it's not even a weird last name. Like it's a pretty common Vietnamese last name. And I just got teased for it by these girls at school. And I just didn't understand why, but it made me really self-conscious. And then I real, and then that's when I started to become more white than Asian, I suppose. Um, but because I was like, obviously making friends with um, a lot of the girls at school, like even my high school friends now, it's just, you kind of cluster together when you have the same similar interests. And, um, I would obviously start liking what they liked or try to dress the way they dressed. Um, and this is when I began trying to deny my, um, basically my cultural background. Like I would try to act more white. I didn't want to be Asian cause I felt that was really embarrassing and I didn't want to look different. Um, and this is when I started to really kind of like not like the way I looked. So um, this is when I started realizing that my face, facial features and my body was so different to say like my best friend who is of a Caucasian European descent. Um, my eyes, like I had monolids, but most of my girlfriends didn't have monolids. And, you know, when they wore makeup, it just looked so nice on them. But for some reason, when I wore makeup, it just looked different. And at the time when I was a teenager, I had never touched makeup in my life. I don't even know how to put it on. I don't even, like, I didn't start learning to put makeup on until I was like 20 guys. Um, so putting makeup on as a teenager was just horrid. Um, and I felt like, I looked so different that a lot of the girls didn't want to be friends with me because I was different. 
And I think a lot of this as well, and this is an assumption I'm making, but I think um, because these girls had grown up with similar people looking like them, they weren't used to someone like me just coming out of nowhere. No one had known where I came from. So first of all, I'd come from Northride, going to school all the way to St. Ives. Like no one had heard about my school. Um, you know, when you when you transition into high school, you usually go with a lot of your other classmates from primary school. And I was like the only one from my my area. So no one had, like didn't even know who I was. I just literally came out of nowhere. Um, and then yeah I had like at home I suppose like I wanted to go to all these parties but you know my parents said no you need to like put your head down and study and that was like a lot of pressure for me as well so it's pretty much like it's a stereotype with Asian people and I'm sure a lot of Asian um, people will sympathize with me but um, at a young age we're always told that because our parents like it was such a challenge for them for, for them to come here to provide like an opportunity for us we we it was made clear that we needed to study really hard and make sure we went really well in school because if we didn't get a university degree we wouldn't get jobs which I guess in hindsight is true to some extent but there was there's so many different alternative paths you can take nowadays and um that's kind of not really the same sort of uh belief I'm going to put on my own children obviously now um growing up but um because of that actually because I had to study so hard my parents would take me to tutoring on the weekends so this is really big in amongst the Asian community out out west you would take your kids to a tutoring center this this is all going to tie well with each other but so basically at school I was made to feel very different about my cultural background and I didn't understand why and now that I've realized looking back it's obviously ignorance and they were uncomfortable with this person that just came out of nowhere they looked really different to them the second thing was obviously I was getting pressure from my parents to just put my head down study and as well I was not even allowed to date in high school as well um and me being such a hopeless romantic and watching so many romantic comedies every school holidays, it was hard not to like accept that, I suppose. But I actually never dated in high school. Um, and then I started going tutoring. And I started going tutoring with these kids that lived out west who had grown up with each other. So they grew up in a very predominant um, like Asian community. And they were so different to me because you know, they grew up with each other and I grew up in a predominantly white community, like white Caucasian community. So I was very Aussie to them. Um, and this is where all the conflicts and like, this is where I started questioning who I was because I was denying my Asian background at school, like in high school, I was like, I guess, considered really white to my friends at tutoring and I could never find common ground with them. And that's when I started feeling like I didn't belong anywhere. And I had this feeling pretty much my whole time that I was in high school as a teenager. So as a teenager, I suppose, like, this is just a part of it, but I was obviously going through a lot of personal things. And I found growing up as a teenager really difficult for myself. Um, and this definitely contributed to that. Um, and also as well, my, my parents were always telling me to act like a Vietnamese girl. They always said that, because I always wanted to go out and try different things and do all these sorts of things I wanted to do. I wanted to travel. They said that it wasn't like necessary. Like they just wanted me to focus on studying and then doing whatever I wanted when I had the money. Um, so I was there was a lot of cultural differences. Um, 
And also, like, I was terrified of asking to go out as well because my dad was quite strict on that sort of stuff. So I would never ask him. So I would always see my parents, like, sorry, I would always ask my friends on the weekend, like, so how was that party? And they would tell me they were, like, drinking and, like, you know, doing teenage stuff as teenagers would do. And I'm just like, wow, like, I don't even know what that would feel like. But because I didn't know what it was, I didn't know what I was really missing out on, right? Like now, because I've like, obviously had a lot of life experiences, I would easily get FOMO. But now, like back then, I didn't know what FOMO was because I didn't really experience those things. Um, so that that was high school for me. And um, another story that would actually really support like my experiences is one of my friends, actually one of my friends in my, my high school group, um, she is Filipino. And her and I were probably like, um, yeah, we were like in the same group and we were discussing this many years later after we graduated high school. So high school for me was, I graduated high school at 2010. So that's almost like, well, after this year, it's almost 10 years ago, actually. But she told me a story of when she was in like class and a lot of girls would make fun of her hair. So like Asian hair is so different to um you know Caucasian hair our hair is quite thick it's really black it's coarse and it's just dead straight and it's not it's not nice as like most of the girls that were you know living from the northern beaches they live near the beach so they go to the beach all the time and have really nice sandy blonde hair and it's really soft and silky and ours is just it just doesn't work that way so they would try to like grab her hair and make fun of it and I didn't even know about this and now that I realized again it's just all ignorance but I think those girls didn't realize like how uncomfortable it was making her making her feel different as well so um you know I I feel like a lot of the different experiences I I think a lot of the girls didn't want to be my friend because I was different um and I really felt it I really felt it for a long time and it's funny because I talk about sometimes like my girlfriends and I from high school we talk about graduation and they always say that it was like the happiest day of my life and it was because for me, it meant that I could just be someone different. I didn't have to act this facade anymore any longer. Um, and it wasn't until university that I actually started becoming more comfortable with my, like my cultural background. I think if anything, high school was just a big deterrent for it. And also as well at the time I was really into magazines and movies and just like any other teenage girl would be. And I feel like my culture does not get represented well in the media. And that was a very big contributing factor, which is why it made me question myself. Like, why don't I look like that? Um, you know, maybe I need to act this way. And even, even like my whole mentality about dating, I was like, oh, maybe like I would get accepted if, um, you know, I dated certain people. But now, like now, I mean, I, I mean, now I, my sort of preferences with dating are different. I try to keep an open mind, but again, like I think because of the ways I was raised, I I don't really date a lot of Asian people just because I have I have gone and dates with Asian people, but these guys would constantly say that I'm like really Aussie or too white, and that makes me uncomfortable as well. Like obviously for me, I I want to find someone that doesn't look at me in that way. Like they just look at me for who I am, like on the inside rather than like where I'm from and things like that. But anyway, um yeah, that's like just basically a point I wanted to make. So positives of me growing up in Australia, obviously, like I, I feel super grateful that I get to live here. Um, 
because I most of my family, so it's just my parents and my brother here, and the rest of our family are still overseas. Um, because my parents come from such big families. So my mum's from like a family of 12, so like six girls and six boys. My dad's from a family of eight children. It can be very expensive and really challenging to try and bring them all over here. So, um, we try to at many stages throughout the years, but it just becomes, it's, it's a lot of work and it's, it's, it's an emotional roller coaster too, because you get really like hopeful that things are going to work and then things don't work. Um, but obviously like I'm truly grateful that, um, my dad went through so much hardship to get here and, and without him, I have to definitely agree without him. I would have not been here. I feel very blessed to have been given the opportunities that I've had in life. Um, and, and saying that I feel quite privileged compared to my cousins, my cousins, like most of my cousins who are like maybe a bit older or just a, a little bit younger than me, they're having a hard time looking for work. And, um, you know, I try to, it's hard because when I think about that, I feel really guilty. Um, especially now I, I can pretty much do what I want. I can choose like millennials now have the choice of not having to stick to a job that they don't want to be in anymore. Whereas like someone like my dad, he's been in the same job for like 27 years you know, and for him, his, his agenda is so different to mine. Like for immigrants, like what you need to understand is these people come and find jobs to survive because especially like my dad comes from, like my parents come from a generation where they experienced war. So surviving was like something that is top priority coming here. He had to make sure he saved money. He need to make sure they had enough money to provide for us. And keeping the same job, job security is so important. Whereas I, I've lived, I was like born and bred here and I can see that there's so much opportunity for me out there. Like the door is wide open. I can literally do whatever I want. And, um, for me, money isn't important any, like at all for me. Uh, I'm not here to like earn six figures. Like I don't want to, I honestly, like when I die, it doesn't even matter how much money I have in the bank. But for me, like, I just want to be happy and I just want to be knowing that I'm, making some sort of impact on the world. But for my dad, his agenda is so different. Like every day is, it's for him to survive. And I think that's really important for people that have friends that are first gen Aussies like myself to understand, like, that's why maybe you might not understand why your friends have different priorities to yourself to, to compare to someone like you guys where, you know, have had generations living here. Um, so your parents know what you're going through because they went to high school here. Whereas my parents, they never really fully understood why, I was getting bullied at school, you know, and they never will. Um, and there's a language barrier as well. So I'm not very fluent in Vietnamese, but I, I obviously understand very basic. So my parents and I do speak in Vietnamese, but when it's something more complicated, I do struggle to sort of communicate with them and communication, I think for any relationship is so important. And that's, that's like something that's broken down for us. And I'm, that's basically my perspective of growing up Asian Australian. Let me know what you guys have experienced or if it's similar or different to mine. Um, let me know um, what you guys think and I will see you guys in my next episode. Bye.